Yes, guys, what is good? You are tuned into Pi Radio, Manchester's number one youth-led radio station. My name's Gaines, and welcome back to another episode of Mango Masala. Sorry, it took me a while to think of that. It's just too hot, isn't it? It's a heat wave throughout the whole of the UK. I hope you're all right. I hope you're doing all right in this heat. I know that I most certainly am not. And when we're on air as well, we have to turn the fans off in here. So I'm currently boiling... But my co-host Simran, I imagine, who's streaming in, is probably very well, what's it called, very well air-conditioned. Are you alright, Simran? No, it's boiling here as well. It's so hot. And um, there's a fan, but it's not on. I think I'm going to put music on and I think we'll go put it on. But I, like, I'm not good with the heat. Like, I love summer, but... It's like my favourite season, like by a mile, but the practicalities of summer just dead it. Like, it's just long. Yeah, I feel like it'd be nice if you were somewhere... You know what's good about, like, places like India and that? Is that at least they're prepared for the heat, so nobody really spends that much time outside, and when you're inside, it's so well air-conditioned. Whereas here, we're kind of like, accept the fact that we're a rainy country and a cold most of the time. But then whenever it happens that it does get really hot, our buildings just aren't made for that. Like, they just trap the heat inside. Like, I think now, like, um, in the next 10, 15 years, more and more, like, buildings and houses are going to start getting air-conditioned fully because, like, these summers now are no joke. And that obviously probably ties in quite nicely with what we're going to talk about mm-hmm. in the next hour. Yeah, yeah. In terms of the world's probably ending soon. Sorry to put a bit of a doubt on you guys' days, but... But how are you, Carlos? How's your week been? I'm all right. It's just been... It's just all day, every day, isn't it? And I think the heat doesn't help. It just feels like one day rolls into the next, and it's just, like, constant. Like, I'm literally... You know when you drink water, and you're like, Mm. oh, like, I'm actually appreciating this so much... Yeah, nice Coke there you have. But, like, <laughs> you know, when you're drinking water, it just, like, goes down your throat and it's just, like, you actually relish it so much. Like, yeah, that that's where Hit I'm at spot. right now. Damn, mm. it's peak summer for Carlos. That's how we know. It's, it's not it's not hot girl summer. It's not hot boy summer. It's literally just hot Carlos summer because I'm literally just... Oh, hot Carlos summer. But, yeah, thinking... Well, actually, first of all, Simon, don't let me be rude. How are you doing? Oh, thanks. <laughs> I'm good, thank you. Um, just like I said, like, yeah, with the heat, it's just been, like, a bit of a pain. But, like, it's, it's, it's nice to enjoy it and stuff. But, like, you're right, like, it just makes doing things, like, that much harder. Like, you just have so little motivation to do stuff. Like, even, like, being in the gym and stuff, like, when you know it's hot, you're just like, oh, I can't even be bothered to, like, do a good workout or, like, going out anywhere. I'm like, oh, I have to prepare for, like, being out and about and, like, oh, I don't know it's just long like life feels long when it's like really hot like this and it's like you said like the, the UK is not prepared for it like it's just not this, this is, is not the- a hot country we're not used to this kind of like level of heat I'm supposed to be going out and I'm tonight I'm just thinking like it's not it's going to be like 26 degrees at like 8 p.m and I'm just like mm. ew and it's like hot countries take the mickey out of us as well. They're like, oh, like, why are they making such a big deal? It's not even that hot. But this is what you guys don't understand. Like, you you, you built all your buildings knowing that those are hot countries and that, like, they're yeah. built for that. Like, we're not built, like, both in terms of us and our buildings, we're not built for this weather. So it's just like, oh, yeah. uh, but... 
Yeah, shouldn't be complaining. Meanwhile, Halima's off in Madeira, like enjoying. Oh my god! Yeah. Like, yeah. Shout out, Halima. I hope you're having a nice time in Portugal. Not just. Well, I'm jealous. You know what I was saying? Like, I was like, I'm actually not a massive holiday person. Like this whole pandemic, everyone's been saying, like, I can't wait to get on holiday. Can't wait to get on holiday. And like, I do like a holiday. Don't get me wrong, but. I don't think once I said like, oh, what I'm really looking forward to is like a holiday. I think I just wanted like general freedom. Um, but now like seeing um, Halim on holiday, I think a lot of other people are starting to go because countries are allowing it now. And I'm just like, damn, holiday would be nice. Mm, I think it, just like if they brought the holiday here, then I would be like, yeah, I just can't be bothered with all the playing and the, the isolation and all that. Personally, I'm just like, it's not yeah. worth it. Like, I can't be bothered with all that. Like, but Yeah, because what if you go there and then they switch it to a different con colour, amber, mm. whatever it is, and then you like, have to isolate or quarantine when you get back or you can't exactly. even get flight back. Like, that would just be a nightmare. It's just, personally, I'm just, it's not worth the risk. I haven't got the time to be, like, worrying about that. But oh yeah, where were you the other day? I was in um, what's it called? Like Huddersfield, Hebden Bridge, like literally. Yeah, just down the road, like literally less than an hour away. But yeah, it was a nice little retreat. So, but that's the thing. Like an Airbnb. Yeah, yeah. So that was nice. It was sort of like a staycation. But that's the thing. Like I had like a day off, but i was doing so much during it like you know when you're focused yeah. on enjoying yourself that you don't actually like rest so it's just kind of like i don't know i could have oh, like, got a few days up, man i know i do need to switch up i just want to go we talked about this we talked about burnout like two months ago yeah and that was like academic burnout but this is literally like, just burnout burnout like i'm just like I just want to go to bed <laughs> end of the show but, yeah but how long were you there for I literally just two days. I went on Sunday, came back on Tuesday morning, and literally went, came straight here on Tuesday. <laughs> I live, breathe, and eat at Pi Radio, literally. Like, yeah, literally. Mm -hmm. And so should everyone. Yeah. But anyway. Well, it looked really nice. It looked really fun. Like, it looks so cute. It was, yeah, it was really nice. Like, don't get me wrong, it was a nice holiday. It's just, like, I feel like the whole resting element of it, I didn't properly focus on getting so i need mm -hmm. to i need to do it again and just not do anything at all but to be fair, i didn't do anything at all the whole time anyway but i wasn't focused on the fact that i was doing nothing do you know what i mean do you know what if it's on the back of your mind you know there's things to do when you as soon as you get back you've got xyz to do and then you've got to run around 101 different things you can't switch off from it like i can tell you to switch off as much as i want but like the reality of you actually being able to do that is hard unless you literally you know get a lot of things done before you go and you set that time like you don't even take your laptop with you and you proper just like you're forced to switch off then that's the only way i think you can do it but otherwise like the, the same way me and you spoke about a couple of months ago like it's really hard especially when you're so close to the point of burnout you get into like a really weird like mode cognitively i feel like that you just the only thing you know is work and that's like that's why it's so hard to switch off because you don't know anything else mm -hmm. But anyway, just talking about it is like getting me like, I just want to start, I just want to put it to one side. <laughs> Let's go and focus on some other ma majorly negative stuff, okay? So next up, yeah. <laughs> obviously this time last week, the whole country was like in anticipation. England were in the final of the Euros. We were all kind of like, it's coming home. I personally, 
obviously i i had like i didn't i didn't not have faith in the team but i didn't let myself get too invested in it because i knew how good italy was but still it was a really tense atmosphere and obviously gutted that we didn't win but also like obviously we came second which is still such a good achievement mm-hmm. and then obviously the aftermath of that has been just completely like overshadowed by this like vile racist abuse that's been directed mainly towards Rashford and Sancho and um, Saka because they were the three players to miss the penalties um, and yeah it's just been a bit I mean are we surprised not really but it's still sad all the same I'm not surprised and that's the kind of worst part about it that I would not even surprised that this happened at the most the mo- the main emotion I feel is embarrassment like I'm honestly so embarrassed to be English at this point like we are just such a laughing stock like other other countries know it like I've been on like TikTok and the comments are like it's just embarrassing to be to be English right now like all the other countries are like taking the mic um and it's just like the fact that we're not even surprised that this happened is the most ridiculous thing because as soon as those penalties got taken i missed i just knew like you just everyone just like this there was this weird feeling like i feel like everyone just knew this was going to happen like mm. people were going to absolutely take off and they were just going to use any excuse they could and for a lot of people it just became a race race and hate fueled outlet for them to let off you know that obviously internalized racism because when these players are scoring and you know taking us to the finals it's like oh we're so proud to be English we're so proud for this team to you know represent our country but as soon as they like as soon as anything about it gets messed up then the first thing that these people attack is their their skin color Mm -hmm. it's it is just embarrassing, you know, like, there's no other way of putting it. It is ridiculously embarrassing, it's shameful, it's so sad. And to think about how so many football fans were so up in arms about the um, Super League and all the stuff relating to that, mm-hmm. whereas, so the, obviously when we're talking about this, we're not referring to all football fans, like, we're not saying everyone's like this, but I'm sure a vast majority of the people that are directing this racist abuse towards the England players will probably be the ones that were so up in arms about the Super League. And it's like, put your priorities in the right place. You know what I mean? Like, how are you so invested in football to the extent that you'll go out and literally protest so that it stays, like, what's called at grassroots level, but then you won't... you just this is the other thing that's the problem as well i've seen so many posts which are like oh yeah marcus rashford and everything he's done for um the children like how could they do this after this and it's kind of like obviously what marcus rashford has done is incredibly commendable and like he shouldn't have had to do that he shouldn't have he shouldn't have had to do that, and it's great that he did. He shouldn't have been on a footballer's shoulders to feed the hungry children of this country. Like, yeah. That's the government. Yeah, you know? exactly. But even um, looking past that, it shouldn't be that we're saying that, oh, we shouldn't be um, directing racist abuse towards the players because look what Marcus Rashford has done for us. It should be, yeah. don't direct racist abuse towards people because it's racist abuse. End of. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just... People shouldn't have to be like a commendable human being or going above and beyond and, you know, be like a political figure now and, you know, be a hero in communities and do a lot of like charity work just to be worthy of not receiving racist abuse. Like like you said, fair enough to Marcus Rashford and the rest of those players, they've all done amazing things for their community and for this country, both on and off the pitch. But 
that's not a marker of who deserves racist abuse and who doesn't. Like, that's not a defence point of like, oh, well, maybe if he hadn't done all those things, people would be more justified in their comments because it's not true because mm-hmm. any human being is, you know, should be, should not have to be subject to such abuse, exactly. regardless of what they've done for their community or not. It's like, for example, look at someone like R. Kelly, who's being like completely um, blacklisted and like effectively cancelled because of everything that's gone on in terms of, I don't know if they're still labelled as accusations or allegations against him regarding um, sexual assaults, etc. People aren't a big fan of him and it's very much in the common um, agreement that he is not a good person if he's done what he's done. That still, even if he's like the lowest of the low, like you can't say, oh yeah, but he's done bad stuff so now it's okay to direct racist abuse towards him. It, like, that, it, just, it doesn't it just make any sense. It doesn't have to do with his race anyway. Yeah, exactly. Literally, he's it just proves like you know those people that say like oh yeah but i don't see color is very this is very much proof of the fact that it's impossible to not see color it's just about how you actually like hold yourself you know what i mean or how you are inside and how you actually communicate with people how you actually are as a person like because you don't why are we as people of color always have to always up always like expected to uphold a standard of which we must always give back to the community, do charitable acts and like care for the welfare of others on a mass level before we can be acknowledged as just regular human beings first. Mm-hmm. It's like we have to go above and beyond just to be on the same level as non-coloured people, white people, just so we can be deserving of the same respect as them. Mm-hmm. Especially when, if we're thinking about things, like I saw this with a tweet the other day that was like, why are people so obsessed with um, getting like the respect of a country that effectively owes them when you look at history, like realistically, mm-hmm. like the way in which people have been treated, the way in which people's uh, motherlands have been pillaged, stolen from, etc. And that to build the England that is the England today, how are you mm-hmm. about to turn around and say oh yeah, but you still need to do this, this and this before we consider whether we think that we'll take you on as one of our own sort of thing. Like, it's just so messed up. It is honestly shocking. And like, the fact that those poor boys had to now put out apology statements for missing a penalty, like that's just part of the job. Like I'm sure people in their own like, nine to fives don't make a mistake every now and again. Like I'm sure those things happen and like the courage it must have taken them. So, you know, Saka's 19 years old know, to yeah. stand up for you know, the major cup league final and take a penalty. You know, who else could do that? Like I know um, everyone said, oh, the rest of the team should have stood up and, you know, they shouldn't have let such youngsters go ahead and do it. Like fair enough, Rashford's a penalty shooter, but um, the other two, I don't think were massively old. Sandra's only like 21 as well. There was, there was obviously older people on the team, but then Grealish came out and said, like, I'm not having that. Like, I did say that I wanted to take it. And he said, um, Gareth Southgate said no and stuff. So, you know, fair enough. But the courage it must have taken them to stand there and take those pens and the amount of, like, abuse they've gotten for it is just ridiculous. And like I said, it's embarrassing because at the end of the day, it's football. And we've spoken about the fact that football runs so deep in this country. It's so linked to white nationalism and it's so linked to, like, you know, the history of the working class in this country, which is, like, fair. We know that. But at the end of the day, it's a game. It's a sport. And it's not something, not not someone where someone should be subjected to such a, like a crazy level of racist abuse over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, there's there's no. That's the thing. There's nothing that anyone should be sub, um, sub, what's it called? 
anyone should be subject to racist abuse over there. There's absolutely never any excuse for it. Like, um, and I know that the England team actually made their feelings known because, um, they were meant to go to a Downing Street reception for obviously having second place, um, early this week, and they actually turned it down. And the reason for this being that they feel like the government didn't do enough to help prevent this kind of racist abuse that happened. Obviously, there is not, this isn't saying that, oh, um, the, after they scored the penalty, Boris Johnson went out and tweeted like, oh, blah, 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 at Marcus Rashford. That's not what happened. Well, what we're saying is, at, or what the footballers are saying as well, is at the start, like, oh, basically, since the since they've been in power, this government have not done enough to help prevent this sort of thing from happening. And I think the main example of how that is, is both Boris Johnson and Amprithi Patel refused to condemn football fans yeah. for booing when players were taking the knee against racism. And you know what? I'm not I'm not a regular football fan, so I actually didn't um I didn't know like obviously I knew it was taking the knee and even if they were taking the knee for an extended period of time, I would still be like, yeah, sure. Like whatever, like mm-hmm. it's a good um symbol of solidarity, whatever. But it's literally a second. You know, I didn't realise that until watching the matches, but it's literally they kneel down for like two seconds and get back up again. Yeah. How is that an inconvenience? Yeah. But anyway, um, Boris Johnson and um, Priti Patel, um, con- they didn't condone it, but they also didn't condemn it. And this is the thing, yeah. like, it comes back to this whole thing of in a world that is um, racist, you need to be anti-racist. You can't just ignore yeah. it. You know what I mean? Like, and you can't so- be neutral because that's you're still facilitating the people that are going to be racist and are going to share their racist views. And the fact that they called like I'm pretty sure Preeti Patel was the one that named it gesture politics and yeah. stuff. It just completely like invalidates the whole thing that they're going for. You know, Colin Kaepernick did not risk his entire NFL career to use gesture politics politics and mechanisms in that field like it goes way deeper than that and it's like a protest against a national anthem that represents a country that like you said carlos like in history has previously absolutely destroyed and wiped out and pillaged our communities in our in our um, homeland so the fact that these players want to take a stand and make a stand against you know mo- the modern day of racism that de- definitely does truly exist in this country and you can't you know you can't now say that it doesn't exist we've all seen it um it's a joke and like you said the fact that they didn't condone it but they failed to condemn it is still staying neutral in that situation you might as well at that point be condoning it because you're telling these people that your actions don't have consequences your racist actions don't have consequences Mm -hmm, for sure and i know mings especially came out on twitter and he literally quote tweeted and pretty patel because she made a tweet where she was saying oh yeah of course like this was racist abuse should not be tolerated blah 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 and he literally quoted it saying you can't say that after you literally stoked the flames and the fire at the very start of all this so yeah it's just a really big mess and again it's just so sad because it's like we're not surprised it's like where do we go from here because it's just it can be so frustrating sometimes because it just feels like nothing changes 
it just runs so deep in this country that I think Halima was saying in a previous episode that this kind of football culture, this uh, football hooliganism in this country, it runs so deep for these people. And, you know, like some of these people have been fans of footballs longer than some of the players have been alive, mm. you know. So for them, it's like, especially like moving to Liverpool, I've seen it myself. Like some people consider football players, they're like family. Like it, look, it goes so deep for, for certain people. And that's why I think, they lash out so much but you know what lashing out was one thing being upset about a result is one thing but the the first thing that you can make a point about being someone's skin color is um you know the thing that really reflects what the state of this country is like and how the racism tied in with the football hooliganism and white nationalism runs so deep mm. Hey guys, I just put a massive fan on me. It's behind me. It's so hot. I'm really sorry if you can hear it, but it was like the only way I was going to get through this. It's like boiling hot here. There's like a massive window in front of me and the sun's like right there. So I feel like it's just like, I'm really, right now. I'm really jealous. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, where's the fan? You had it last week. Yeah, but like it's, it's here, but like you can't have it like on, if that makes sense. Like because otherwise it makes yeah, you sick. It makes you sound like Darth Vader, apparently. So. Oh, wait. I'll link you my little mini one. You've seen it, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that might be a shout. I, I don't know if that'll still have the same thing. I don't know. Basically, mm -hmm. if anyone works in radio, they'll know that inside the studio, it just gets ridiculously hot. Also, why is this? Air conditioning is needed. It is, but I don't understand, because surely air conditioning must make noise as well, right? I think it's like a low level, like white noise kind of noise, you know? Mm. Like, not like a fan, like a fan is like pure noise. <laughs> pure noise. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's a correct um, medical term. <laughs> Let's be honest. I don't know. Um, don't quote us on that, guys. <laughs> this is why I'm not a DJ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, honestly, though, I really want to learn how to do that, though. I just want to learn how to be able to do, like do the decks and just be able to because at the moment i come in here and I, i'm playing the music off the decks but like i have no idea in terms of like how to actually you know do the whole that thing yeah Scotch. that's the thing i'm the one that actually wants to like do this and i you know way more than i do like i would love to get started but like honestly put me in front of those decks i would not be the first thing to do maybe i could turn it on maybe we'll find out next time you're here we'll, we'll have a challenge see how <laughs> Like set a timer and see how long it takes you to figure out where the on button is, and then yeah. if, if that goes well, maybe then we can move forward. But right, moving on to the next um talk point again. Sorry guys, it's not overly. Why does it seem like the only thing we talk about on the show is like negative stuff? Like it's just like because the news is negative. Like the world is negative. It's just depressing. Like. And then obviously we have to catch up on these things, but like, and a lot of them are very, very relevant to like what we speak about on the show, but the overwhelming theme is always like very depressing. Mm. Yeah, well. When Halima's back, we'll plan another like full like two hour thing, like where we just speak about one thing. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, we need to do the Shaka Khan. I'm sorry I spelled it wrong. We need to do the Shaka Khan segment. Yeah, for anyone that doesn't know, um, I'm a big fan of Shaka Khan, and Simon was saying how she wants to hear us, like, or me go in on it about, like, all my like, reasons why. And then she literally spelt Shaka Khan with an S, and I was literally just like, 
this is like Gen Z behavior. Like that. That's all I'm gonna say on that matter. Like I'm, I'm throwing you in there. I am sorry. I am sorry. Yeah, well, you should be. I anyway. know better than Anton Ray and Charlie D'Amelio. So super. Yeah, I don't know who that is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I expected better from me as well. You know, but what do you mean better from me? What have I done? From me, from me. Oh yeah, yeah. Fair. But anyway, yeah. sorry. About it. Um, <laughs> moving on from the um, it sort of links to what we we're talking about before about obviously since the end of the Euros. A lot of the England team has been subject to increased racism from football, quote unquote, fans. Um, and one MP, um, Zara Sultana, tried to raise this in um, Parliament and it didn't go down very well. So let's just have a listen now and see what actually happened there. So just. The minister gave the usual Tory platitudes. Yes, she condemned the horrific racism our England stars have faced. But what would she think about the Prime Minister when he was doing, uh, well, when he was describing black people as pickaninnies with watermelon smiles, when he used newspaper columns to mock Muslim women as letterboxes and bank robbers, when he refused to condemn the booing of England players taking the knee, and when his Home Secretary derided the act anti-racist message as gesture politics, isn't it the case, Mr Speaker, like England star Tyrone Mings has said, that the Home Secretary and the Prime Minister were stoking the fire of racism, giving the green light to racism, and only now, when the consequences are clear, are they feigning outrage? Minister. Well, Mr Speaker, I, I had hoped that we were going to be able to conduct this debate in uh, a measured and collective way. I, I don't genuinely think the Honourable Lady is accusing either the Prime Minister of this country or indeed the Home Secretary of racism. That would be a truly extraordinary allegation to make. Um, but I hope at some point uh, we will be able to work together to tackle racism. That is what we all want to do. That is what the work of this government is directed towards. And uh, I hope that we're able to just lower the tone a little bit and understand that in, that in again, she's trying to shout at me, again, that in tackling these horrific instances of racism, we need to work collectively together. And, and shouting at me across the dispatch box is not going to help with that. Yeah, so... Simran, do you want to go first? Cameron. Cameron. Mm. Like, that's such a Karen thing. And honestly, it's such a cop-out as well. Like, you just didn't have an answer. So you, the first thing you want to do is run the victim role and just do the whole, like, oh, she's shouting at me from across the box. I didn't believe that the Honourable Speaker wanted to conduct this in, like, a measurely way or something. Like, whatever she said, man. And, like, it's just such a, like, victimization of yourself and that's like kind of what we need to speak about is how quick certain women are to victimize themselves in a situation and it's like it is plain on video every single person can see she did not raise her voice mm. she did not speak in a rude tone she didn't like use any language that was like out of order at all like she didn't even go anywhere near that boundary let alone cross it she just stayed and it's facts. just like it's all on video which is so embarrassing for her honestly 
Yeah, she literally just stated the facts. Like, even before we even get into the whole, um, if we can just lower the tone thing, can we also revert back to when she said, um, oh, I hope that um, she's not accusing the Prime Minister of racism. That would be an extraordinary allegation to make. How can you, like, hear the stuff that Boris Johnson has said in the past and not say that that's racist? You know what I mean? Like, how, like literally yeah, how? Literally said it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She literally just said it. She heard it with her own ears, and then one second later, like... Yeah. She basically heard, she heard, quote unquote, the racist remarks that Boris Johnson has made and said, I hope you're not accusing Boris Johnson of racism. Like, what? And it's just like, everyone saw her, um, you know, hold herself in a calm manner and speak calmly, collectively, and like, with a very normal tone of voice, very normal volume. She didn't raise her voice at all. Like, there was nothing wrong with the way that she conducted herself. And then it's just the woman from across just having nothing to say. So the only thing she can, like, say is play a victim role and say that, like, portraying that, um, portraying the person of colour once again as, like, an angry woman. And, like, just, you know, that that whole narrative of, um, the angry person that has a problem with everything and like you know and it's just it's just painful at this point because not only is it on video it's just you can't you can't speak to someone like that and she didn't have a rebuttal at all no because like literally all she's obviously when uh, as the thing is as well obviously when you're gaslighting someone and you say mm-hmm. oh you yeah. lower the tone like obviously zara then from across the room was saying i wasn't like shouting because she wasn't mm-hmm. it's then that um that was then used to be like oh look she's shouting at me again like that's not going to solve anything yeah. right and um, it's like you're feigning the fact that she's attacked you basically in the house of commons when that's just you know not what's happened like you've seen those videos that come from like america of like in like a walmart and there's like an actual karen like in the shop and you know, they're on the phone with like 911 and they're screaming like oh my god he's attacking me and she literally just like stood there like you know she's like just stood there in the middle of like a shop and like screaming that she's being attacked or like that someone's um being physical or um, aggressive with her and like it's on video that someone's in like there she's like in an open space and no one's anywhere near her that's exactly what happens here it's, like she's just like faking like aggression towards her it's dangerous as well like especially in america like when you'd never know who's gonna turn up like and not take things for, at face value at what what's actually happening mm-hmm. uh, and it's just I'm sure there's probably going to be a lot of people behind her saying like, well, her tone of voice wasn't appropriate for the House of Commons or she did she did shout or whatever, like, because people are not going to want to acknowledge the comments that have been made by members of our government, you know, Boris Johnson and Priti Patel, so people are not going to want to acknowledge that the same way that MP didn't. So they're probably going to back her and just say like, yeah, well, her tone of voice was wrong. But like, we've seen so many worse things happen in the House of Commons. That place is a joke, you know? That's like a, that's like a school playground sometimes. It really is. The way they shout at each other. Like, oh, oh, literally, like, I'm literally having so many flashbacks of, oh, the whole, like, they, all, they always make that noise. Like, you know what I mean? Like, when they were, like, jeering yeah. at each other, and it's literally just so, like, uh, I just... It's, it's actually cringy. Like, it cringes me out. Yeah, literally. If there's the definition... Well, I'm, like, in the 60s, like... Yeah, definition the of the ick. That, that's what the ick is. Like, literally that. If you can get the ick for a politician... Mm. 
that would be me in the House of Commons. That would just be essential. Like, just... it is, honestly. And, like, you can't keep forcing this narrative that just because a woman, and particularly women of colour, speaks out, it makes her, like, an angry person because it just forces this narrative that, you know, you have the angry, like, black woman stereotype and you probably have, like, the angry coloured woman stereotype. And it's just, like, not a fair assumption to make when people are making valid points spoken in a calm, like, timely manner. You can't force this assumption on them just to put your narrative forward when you don't have any argument back. Mm-hmm. It, this is exactly like you how you were right before when you said it's a cop-out. What have we got? Like, Zara literally raised very many valid points and said, like, mm-hmm. what, what do you think about this? And it's been completely ignored and the focus just goes on to, oh, she was shouting at me. Um, the, government's, the government's doing fine. Why are you shouting at me? Like, literally completely ignores <clears throat> everything that was raised and nothing comes from it. It just, it just shifts onto this completely different, like, standpoint. It doesn't make any sense. But that is so reflective of our government. Like, our government is a blame-shifting government. If it's not on the general public, it's on geographical locations, it's on certain groups, whether it comes to the LGBTQ community, to the BAME community, to the elderly, to the young community. There is always an element of blame, and it's never on the government. It's always like, oh, well, it spiked in Leicester because of this, and it spiked in BAME people, and it spiked in under-25s. That's all just COVID-related things. You know, other stuff, it's always like on certain groups, like like the AIDS and HIV epidemic, that was the LGBTQ plus community. Like it's it's such a blame oriented government, but they never want to take any of the blame when they are the foundational reason for why a lot of our problems that exist still exist. Yeah. That's exactly what she did. She She just like mirrored it in herself. And I just think it's really embarrassing for her because it's all on video and no one saw Zara shout. Exactly. This is the thing. Like, it's not Zara literally has nothing to be um, worried about because this happens so many times. And then I think um, when this happens to innocent women of color, um, they it can be quite stressful because they they don't have any like proof of what actually happened. But this is like say it's literally on camera for everyone to see. No one can deny the fact that she wasn't shouting. She didn't raise her tone. She literally just stated facts, and they weren't facts that they wanted to hear. So then they just took that and said, "Oh, we need to lower the tone." Also, again, it's like why is it always white people that are telling people of color that we need to lower the tone and telling us how we need to be when it comes to stuff relating to racism? Like, because we're not allowed to fight back to a country that's oppressed us for you know centuries and centuries and you know us speaking up on that and bringing it to their attention is something that they don't want to be confronted with because it's something that inherently benefits them in day-to-day life not even like not even like um on a subliminal level it's really like mm. out there it's so blatant at this point like how much it benefits them we don't even live in the colonial era anymore so the fact that you know they don't want to be faced with their colonial and ancestral past so when it comes to it the first thing they can do is just feed this trope of that people of color are angry over nothing and that's almost like and it ties into the point about the euros that when they made that manifesto about the uk is not institutionally racist it just feeds the trope of like you are getting angry over nothing like they they literally said something along those lines obviously in better english than that but it was like something along the lines of like there are no barriers to success that people of color face anymore and there's nothing that like that really stands in our way in terms of like racism anymore therefore we shouldn't feel like we've been um, withheld at all which 
we all know is not true. Mm. So we see these like examples that happen. And it's not just, it doesn't just happen with women in the Houses of Parliament. It's happened so many times between like Boris Johnson himself and other um, men of colour who are politicians, like Tan Desi, who's the MP of Slough, big up Tan Desi. Um, he always went off. Like in the last year, I've seen loads of clips of him like going off on Boris Johnson and like really like saying things. To be fair, he does raise his voice a little bit at time to time and he does get things across like in a very direct manner sometimes. Um, you know, he spoke about the farmers' protests in great depth. He's spoken about um, a few other things to do with like um, India and COVID um, with the BAME community in great depth to Boris Johnson's face. And every single time Boris Johnson just says like, I will not be conduct conducting a debate if I'm gonna get spoken to like this, you cannot like speak in this manner, blah, 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 blah. And then just sits down again. Yeah. Like he doesn't address a single point made. He just plays the victim and tries to like feed the stereotype that every person of color has this stick up, which yeah. obviously is not true. And even if we did, it's massively justified. It's just, it's very much just them saying, know your place, in other words. Yeah. That is what it's it like, is. you can be a politician, you can sit in the House of Commons, you can wear your suit and tie, but your opinion means nothing. Um, I hope you guys are well. Probably going to round things off a bit early here today, but before I do, I just wanted to re-emphasize to people, obviously, we're going back in into quote-unquote normality in just under two days' time. And just like to emphasize, obviously, like this is a time that all of us have waited for. This is a really, like, it, it's it's a really positive thing. It should be a really positive thing. But at the same time, I know obviously, it masks aren't mandatory, and there's a big um want for people to just kind of go back immediately to normal and just throw all caution to the wind. But just like saying, like, obviously, I know you guys, you don't like being told what to do, but I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just saying, like, please, like, just still be careful. COVID still hasn't gone anywhere. Like, it's still around. And I know people have had the vaccine and you might have had COVID and you feel like it hasn't affected you that badly. But other people, even if they had the vaccine, can still be badly affected by it. For just, so just think of them. Still be careful. Still be hygienic. Still wear masks. Wear possible even though it's not mandatory in most places but please do like let's be honest guys like basically no one got the flu like do you not notice like how like eat how much we avoid like other illnesses when we're, when we're wearing masks so it's like a win-win situation and also obviously if you're thinking about whether or not to have the vaccine obviously i'm not telling you that oh you you need to have the vaccine you need to do this you need to do that but just go to the nhs website and look on there like read the information for yourself get all the information you need to make your own informed decision don't go off what you're seeing on meme pages or unverified non-verified sources because that's the worst thing you can do because ultimately what do meme pages know about um, medical stuff and science realistically no offense to meme pages you provide you provide lots of like really fun stuff but realistically um also, keep an eye out for some content that Pi Radio will be cutting out regarding the vaccine and COVID in general. Um, I know that sounds boring, but trust me, it's not going to be boring. So definitely keep an eye out for that. And yeah, like I said before, if you haven't got your tickets already, make sure to get them for Pi Radio's Afrobeat versus Amapiano event next Sunday, um, 3 p.m. to 2 a.m. I want to say, I think that's correct. Um, at Bowlers in Stretford, it's going to be 
basically like a mini festival. It's going to be really good. You should definitely get your tickets, especially if you're an Afrobeats Armour Piano fan. Or both, like, just go and... Or even if you're not a fan, just go and enjoy the vibes. Like, it's going to be a really nice time. And, yeah, I guess that's all. Um, we're going to finish things off with a track called Dynamite by K-Knight. But yeah, stay safe. I hope you guys all enjoy Freedom Day on Monday. And yeah, we'll be back next week, 3 to 5, with some more Mango Masala for you guys. But yeah, this is Dynamite, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>